0: Welcome to Storytime. Tonight's story, Giving the Devil His Due. Written and performed by John Bentz. Listener note, be advised, there is adult language. Before we start tonight, I want you all to ask yourself a question. What would you do to live your dream life It was a regular night. I was on my way home from work back to my lonely apartment. Long red light gave me time to think. Life wasn't really happening for me. Being a lowly assembly tech at Franklin Robotics was not my idea of a dream job. I guess it's like that old John Cougar Mellencamp song says, life goes on long after the thrill of living has gone. So true. The light turned green. Normally I'd go straight through the intersection, but the car turned itself right. I mean, the steering wheel turned on its own. Nearly broke my thumb when I tried to fight it. It It's fucking weird. that The car took over after that. I was merely a passenger. We drove for a while. We, We crossed over Central Avenue into the better part of town turned left into a swanky neighborhood of custom homes, real high-end architectural digest type stuff. The car turned down a long cobblestone driveway and parked behind a red Mini Cooper. I got out of the car and two small children, one girl and one boy, came running out of a beautiful, rustic, mission-style home, excitedly yelling, Daddy, Daddy. I said, Whoa, I'm not your daddy. The boy hugged my leg and said, Oh, Dad, you're always joking. I looked down, brushed the dark curls out of his face, and froze. He looked just like me when I was a kid. The image. What the fuck is going on? Then each child grabbed a hand and pulled me inside. At the last second, I turned and saw not my old Toyota Corolla, but a new Lexus sitting in its place. In the kitchen there was an attractive brunette woman in her 30s wearing jeans and a t-shirt and a white apron. She was stirring a crock pot and singing like an angel. The smell of a perfect pot roast filled the air. Hi baby, she said without turning around. She brushed her long hair away from her face, lowered her shoulder and angled her cheek out like she expected me to come up behind her and give her a kiss. I couldn't. I just stood there, dumbfounded. I started to feel changes in my body and mind. I felt thinner, stronger. New memories started flooding my, into my head. Better memories, happier memories. <clears throat> I, I recognized her. It was, it was Karen McPherson, the girl in high school I had a crush on but never actually talked to. She turned and looked at me quizzically. Anything wrong? I remembered her brown eyes. No. No, nothing. Nothing's wrong. Everything is perfect, I said. She asked me to go down to the basement and get a, get the strainer that hadn't been unpacked. Somehow... I knew where the strainer was, in the storage room, across from the sauna. On my way, I walked past the most luxurious man cave I'd ever seen. Thick wood paneling, high-end sports memorabilia, plush theater-style seating, pool table, poker table, vintage pinball machines, fucking Ms. Pac-Man machine from the 80s, huge TV, a wet bar, a fridge, really nice. Obviously, I am dreaming, or I have fallen into some kind of alternative universe, a universe where apparently I, Walter Lennon, have caught all the breaks. Either way, I have no interest in waking up Dinner was the most delicious roast pot roast I'd ever had. We talked about the kids' school and sports. The dining room was traditional. Little Walter and Catherine were perfectly well-behaved. When we were done eating, Karen reached her hand across the table and we held hands. I looked back into her eyes like pans, I always thought. She leaned forward and smiled at me like like I made her so happy. After dessert, I got up and go to the bathroom. Walt Jr. and Kathy were working on a puzzle on the living room floor, and Karen, the girl, now a woman I was too shy to talk to in high school, was clearing the table and putting dishes in the dishwasher. I'll do the rest when I get out, I said. She looked at me like I'd spoken Chinese. I got into the bathroom, which was tasteful and immaculate. It even smelled nice. I looked in the mirror and was startled to see the devil himself looking back at me, impeccable in a light gray suit, like Daniel Day-Lewis with horns and scaly lizard skin. Did you think there wouldn't be a catch, Walter? He said, sucking his forked tongue through his red lips. The devil? Really? I don't believe in God, so why should I believe in you? The devil? (laughs) You don't even exist. The devil adjusted his tie. His neck and his face turned scaly and slick. He grew in the mirror, and neither does any of this, he said while closing his eyes. All of a sudden, I was back in my old filthy bathroom. I could feel the the lovely new memories leaving me, my old life coming back. Oh, God, no. Like a diver breathing his last breath of oxygen, I yelled, OK, OK, please. He opened his eyes back up, and I was back in the new, clean, sweet-smelling bathroom. He looked back at me from the mirror, confidently grinning. He didn't have to say it. Obviously, he had set this whole thing up, changed the world for me, and now he wanted what the devil wants, I guess. He smiled, his face almost human now. He looked down at a spot on the rim of the sink. A ladybug appeared fat and harmless, black with little red spots. I had learned as a kid that ladybugs were good and should not be harmed. The bug made its way, its little black legs. So cute. The devil gave me a look. Really, a ladybug? I knew what I had to do. I put my finger down to the ladybug. I put my finger down in the bug's path It crawled on my index finger. Taking a quick glance at the devil, I crushed the ladybug between my thumb and forefinger and washed the remains down the sink. The devil laughed. Oh, Walter, we're going to have so much fun.